look at where we've come over the last 50 years, you can't not be positive about it um, for the future because possibilities are, are endless in terms of what can be done. In time, we'll start to see um, farm level data coming in on individual cows based on their, their methane produced on a certain day. And that will all add into an index for selecting better, more efficient animals in the future. But we're, we're a while off that yet. Hello, I'm Cahill Summers. And I'm Deirdre Glenn. You're Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast number 51, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. We would love to hear from you and get your opinions on what's discussed on the show. In order to contact us, you can email the Environment Edge podcast at chagas.ie. Please feel free to ask any question or even make suggestions on topics you might like to hear discussed on the show. With calving season well underway, it's now time to turn our attention to breeding. The Economic Breeding Index, also known as EBI, is the greatest cost saving and carbon emission reducing mitigation strategy for dairy on the Chagask Mac curve. Chagask advisor John McCabe, working on the Arevo joint programme, joins us to discuss EBI, carbon emissions, profitability and what the cow of the future will look like. John, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks a million. Great to be on. John, we know by adopting certain practices and technologies, farmers can significantly improve efficiency. They can also improve profitability and also lower GHG emissions. So one efficiency measure that farmers can implement is the use of the Economic Breeding Index or the EBI. Can you explain a little bit about the EBI and what's its makeup? Yeah, so... DBI is an overall breeding index for dairy cows and bulls in Ireland. So it's made up of eight sub-indexes, um, all attributing euro values to the overall um, figure. So the, basically the euro figure is um, how much extra profit um, would be expected from a certain cow over that, a lactation. So the higher the euro figure, the better in terms of profit. And now as we um, as we progress through the years, the better, um, higher EBI cows are better in terms of environmental f- efficiencies as well. So the eight um, main sub-indexes that um, make up the EBI are milk, fertility, carbon, beef, uh, health, calving, management and maintenance. So they all attribute um, different weightings to the overall figure. But in general, the higher the figure, the better. And when you're when you're there picking a bull um, or a cow for for EBI, and you have those eight indexes, it's it's, it's a bit of a job, I'd say, trying to pick what suits. Yeah, it is, and and it can get complicated. Um, and advisors are out on the ground helping farmers um pick better bulls and better cows all the time. But really, um, if you choose your own if you look at your own um average her- average figure for each sub-index in your herd and you try to pick a, a higher figure um that will give you bet genetic gain going forward so picking a better sire in terms of milk will get you better milk picking a better time sire in terms of fertility should deliver better fertility figures health carbon maintenance they're all they're picking better um should deliver uh, be- better calves for for the future. So, John, look, we, we know farmers be encouraged to breed a more a cleaner animal, I suppose, or a more sustainable animal into the future. Um, but how are those animals' carbon footprint calculated? 
Yeah, so it, it's very hard to do at an individual cow level because you'd have to m measure her methane uh, multiple times a day, every day. Um, but a, a farmer can get a, a carbon footprint for their whole herd in terms of the total or their per kilo of milk. And, and that's from the board B, a certification, and that's calculations that are done um, on total greenhouse gases. Um, and there's a whole host of things that can make the herd better. Um and, and more carbon efficient, including uh, breeding and the genetic gain of your calves. Uh, so basically the next the next generation of cows coming in. Um, but what we're after seeing in the last year is is the introduction into the EBI of a new sub-index called the carbon sub-index. Uh, so this has given farmers, researchers, um, advisors, and people who are selecting bulls, uh, so like AI companies, an indication of whether a cow or a daughter of a cow or a bull um, is more carbon efficient. So in essence, it's a tool to say, uh, like to point to point a person in, in the direction of better or higher carbon efficiency, or if, if a bull or a cow is going to have lower carbon efficiency. Um, so, and maybe just to add, Ireland is the first country in the world to have a carbon um, sub-index is included in their breeding index, which is um, we're very lucky in Ireland to have one of the most advanced breeding programs in the world. Uh, it's quite cutting edge, propped up by, I think, really, really good data collection and farmers own their own their data. And there's great sharing between the companies and, and ICBF and Chagas and um and and the Department of Agriculture. So it's 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 going to be very useful going forward in terms of environmental efficiencies that can be identified and 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 selected for. Um, so we're seeing in in the carbon sub index we can we can select for cows that are more carbon efficient. And and I'm confident that we'd be able to do that. Like if you look back over the last 20 years, we've had a great uptake of EBI figures and and um traits that have linked are linked closely to profit so like fertility and milk solids so why can't we do it with carbon when we're talking about environmental efficiency i think i was looking at um, a webinar and carbon produced for um, fat corrected milk was 12 percent better in elite animals although they're not specifically bred for that yeah and and like the short answer is that we can breed more carbon efficient animals um but what what was found on the on the trials in the next generation here in in Kilworth there in Moorpark is that um, the the total net emissions um, didn't really uh, improve from a, a certain farm if they had high EBI versus if they had average EBI. The cows were more efficient, so they produced more milk at the same EBI. Um, so in other words, if you have high EBI cows. Um, versus versus someone someone might have to have uh, a few more cows to sell sell the same amount of milk and and that's less carbon efficient. Just going back, John, what you said a minute ago actually makes complete sense. That if you're looking at a, a total farm level and you're counting emissions, we, we have to be able to count it first in order to know what we've done. And you've mentioned uh, Borbia, and and we had the director on there two weeks ago on the show talking about the new sustainability planner, which is going to be linked in with ICBF and Borbia. I think the signpost program call it know your number. So every farm in the country country will have the opportunity to to know their carbon emission from the farm based on that when it comes out. They will at, at farm level, and that's going to be that's going to be really um, useful for farmers to be able to look at and hopefully improve. Um, but if if we just bring it back to the 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 carbon or or the 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 
the emissions from the, the cows based on their EBI, um, it's, we know we can select for it. Um, and there's a lot of uh, work going on internationally in this. And there's a lot of work going on in feed additives. Um, but it's going to be very hard to find very particular strains of cattle that are lower meat, methane producing cattle. Um, because look, it's it's just very hard to scale the research up to farm level. There's green feeds machines that are are testing methane production from cows in in Chagas and in Grange and in other sites around the country, um, but they're a couple of hundred thousand each, so it, um, euro each, so it's not going to be able to be um, scaled. But look at where we've come over the last fifty years in terms of research. You can't just you can't um, you can't just be you can't you can't not be positive about it um, for the future because the 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 future or the possibilities are are endless in terms of what can be done. Um, so look, I think in time we'll start to see um, farm level data coming in on individual cows based on their their methane produced on a certain day, and that will all add into um, an index for selecting um, better. Um, more efficient animals in the future, but we're we're a while off that yet. I suppose we're looking for more milk solids and moving the medium calving date back and longer lactation days as well feed into um, the emissions profile of the animal too. We are, yeah, yeah. And another thing that comes into that is is um, the, the maintaining a, a, an animal um, takes methane. So a, a cow needs to eat to maintain herself just the same as we need to eat to maintain ourselves. So, um, and if the cow is lighter, she'll probably she will produce less methane um, to produce the same amount of milk solids. Um, but we really need to align that kind of thinking with the beef characteristics of any calves coming off the herd. So, like our total net um, car- carbon emissions and methane emissions um, are calculated from the whole ruminant industry, livestock industry. So, if we produce a cow that's that produces less methane because she's lighter. Um, but that her, if her bull and her, her bull calf or her beef cross calves hanging around for longer than average because the carcass isn't ready, um, then the net effect will be the farmer's breeding decision for better methane isn't actually resulting in a reduction in methane because we have animals hanging around longer wait to be finished. So basically, what I'm tr- trying to say here is that your kind of your Jersey cross type cow is very efficient, but they need to be bred to sex semen to achieve replacements um because it'll be beneficial then to put a high dbi uh beef bull on 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 her on any repeats then to produce the the the, the beef calf for the beef industry and indeed th- this applies to the frisian population as well because we've seen the carcass merit of the frisian population over the last 20 years reduce a bit um so it's going to be we we, we need to reverse that trend i think so you, you, I suppose you've highlighted a problem that's been rearing its head a little bit in Ireland the last couple of years with, I suppose, a type of beef calves coming off the dairy herd. And how soon can we expect to see that improvement um, or how high on the agenda is it, I suppose, for people to put it into EBI on that sub-index? Soon and high. So we're we're, we're already seeing it, Cahill. Um, I... I facilitate about 20 discussion groups across the west of Ireland, and we have had very good discussions on this over the last year or two. Um, so you're starting to see better um, beef calves coming off the dairy herd already. 
Um, but we need to improve that. Um, and and the it is high on the agenda of a lot of a lot of dairy farmers. Um, as we've been talking about it over the last couple of years. So basically, um, we're going to have to use more sex semen, I think, and people are using more sex semen. Um, but the the dairy beef index is is as another key tool. Um, that that is is going to that we're using, uh, and that takes in the the eyeball as well as the stock bull. So what's happening with beef coming from the dairy herd in general now, John? Yeah, so so as I said, the the dairy beef index is 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 a is a great tool. It's new over the last three or four years, and it's there for farmers, again farmers, researchers, AI companies, advisors, to be able to select individual bulls maybe um, that will be better for beef, um, so carcass, high, heavier carcasses, um, but that they'll finish earlier. Uh, and and uh, that's grand for uh, AI bulls that are going to be used, but what we know is that um, there's a, a high percentage of the beef calves coming off the dairy herd are from stock bulls. So that'll be, the DBI will be important for um, pedigree beef breeders as well, that are supplying stock bulls to the to the to the dairy herd, um, but yeah, I know it, it, it's really about selecting uh, bulls that are going to be put into cows um, that will calve on time. They won't cause any problems in terms of uh, hard calvings for dairy farmers, um, but that they're going to produce a heavier carcass and finish earlier. And and I think it's a it's a win win in terms of carbon. Um, for for everyone really, and and in ter- and it's going to help the 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 beef farmers profit. So the health sub index then can be used to identify bulls that will breed healthier cows. What's the knock on effect on farm for the carbon footprint? Yeah, so health. There's thousands of records going into the EBI um computer or data set or brain uh, every day, and and there's a lot of health records going in from milk recording, cell counts, um, lameness recording from by farmers, and now including included in the health sub index is TB. Um, so ver- very simply, uh, having a higher health sub index should breed you healthier cows that are are more resistant to TB. Um, so what what's the knock on effects, Deirdre? Our replacement rate. Okay. Um, better production, improved fertility. Um, the 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 they're they're all good for profit, but they're also good for the environment. Lactations per cow as well. I suppose the average was four point six four. It's now up to five point five. Um, how has that come about? So I I think it's it's EBI is huge. Um, and the survivability of of animals. Um. So we're going to be having farm walks over the next couple of weeks, focusing on breeding. And what we're going to be talking about there is about increasing the EBI. Uh, so getting higher EBI um, replacements on farms. Um, so as a general rule of thumb, we tend to have better survivability of these high EBI cows versus average cows. And that's that's been seen on the the next generation elite herd in Moorpark because they're trialing, they're, they're running two herds high versus average um and if you were to apply that the 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 same findings as what they're finding in in the elite herd in Park is that if you have a 100 cow herd you bring in 20 replacements um and they're the the average they're, they're either high 20 high ebi them 20 replacements or they're average ebi um 
12 of the high EBI replacements will reach their fifth lactation. Versus if you have an average bunch coming in, only seven of them will reach, reach their fifth lactation. So they'll, so only seven will be recalving um, as, as seven-year-olds. So um, if you think about them, five extra cows lasting for their fifth lactation, repeat that every year, take in the total net emissions from your farm, it's going to be lower versus if you bring in a, a, an average or a poor group um, of, of heifers. Um, so research has had a massive um, a massive role in all of this, but so has advisory and, and ICBF have been uh, have been instrumental in it. Um, so yeah, it's 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 all it's all. Um, e- I suppose to summarize that EBI uh, a higher in- breeding for higher EBI is is good for the environment and it's good good for carbon emissions. It's quite exciting, isn't it? <clears throat> you mentioned the dreaded TB word there as uh, just a, as an example, and anyone that's been through that, like it's soul destroying. But it's very exciting to think that we're developing herds that can become a little bit more resistant to, to different um, issues on, on, I suppose, amongst their animals. Yeah, uh, and some people might think it's boring, but I think it's very exciting in terms of g- g- genetics is very exciting. If if there's a trait there um, and you get enough data on it, you can breed for it. And, we can, and we're, we're going to see that, I think, in, in the next 50, 20, 20, 30, 40 years in terms of methane. Like, um but yeah, I suppose. Look, re- research is huge, um, but if if you think about it, um, like advisory is also massive. Um, so if you think about all the all the work being done, it's no good if it doesn't get out onto farms. And if you think about all the people who meet um, farmers in relation to breeding, like for example, like the AI companies, uh, ICBF, there's private advisors out there. Um, they're all extremely important and. I may be biased on this fact, uh, but like I think having advisors on the ground, um, meeting farmers, getting the knowledge out there to the men and women across the country is vital. Um, that, that, I think that needs to be protected and, and even grown. Um, we're seeing it growing, actually, that there's a new climate advisors coming on board over the next few weeks. And the signpost program is there, um, which is super. Um, but I don't think we should forget about the good work that's been done already um there's potential uh there's massive potentials i think in terms of adoption of all these environmental improvements and um ebi and i think that can be done very effectively through the the local advisors that are out in the ground and in most cases they've built up trusting relationships with advisors up and down the country so um we just have to look at the the at uh protecting the the, the knowledge transfer piece of 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 adoption and yeah, you're you're 100 right. Yeah, a huge role, and I'm going to give you another headline now. That advisors are dealing with heavy at the moment. Um, dairy cow banding at the moment is is a particular difficult one for farmers and advisors are working on at, at the moment. Are we going to see a change in how we view milk solids versus liters produced, and how how our how cow is going to look um, with EBI in the future? Maybe to 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 stay in within maybe the middle band. We probably will see a bit of a change but in reality it's not much of a change from what we've been talking about over the last 10 years anyway it's higher percentages higher fat and protein percentages medium levels of milk good fertility um and maybe there will be some people fleeting between the upper and and the middle band that will be changing their breeding tactics 
Um, and but that but that could be said that they could go higher or they could go lower on yield. So, but I I, I don't think it will change it majorly, Carl. I think I think that um per, percentages, fertility, high EBI are still the main or the still the main focus. I think at the end of the day, also like we're linking um, productivity and profit with sustainability, and the higher EBI cows have greater profit, don't they? You know, profit per lactation is greater, something like two and a half thousand euro for the elite cows versus sixteen hundred for the average cows. So it makes sense on every level. Yeah, of course, of course, and and I think all you have to do is look at. What's happened over the last 20 years in terms of EBI, there's been a great in, increase in, in EBI and, and I think profits have 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 um, come with that in terms of profit per cow. And that's been repeated on a couple of different research trials. And actually, um, ICBF gave me data last year. Um, so I work for Chagas in the West of Ireland um, in conjunction with um, one of the major dairy co-ops, um, Arivo. So I get an anonymi- I got um I got an anonymized data set um on on EBI um of all all herds supplying Arivo um so I got their EBI got their actual milk and fertility performance data and I got a few other interesting things along with it and so I split them up split up the data set based on their EBI um from low to high and what I found is that as the EBI increased all the efficiencies improved as well. Um, so that's similar to what they're finding in the research. Um, but also, and kind of interestingly, and I think very importantly, there's large amounts of low-hanging fruits um, still there to be picked. So if we think um, there's technologies there that we already have and that we know, um, like the actual act of having membership to ICBF and paying the membership to ICBF and knowing what our, our EBI of each cow is and and making our breeding decision based on that like milk recording uh, like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work to be done on getting more farmers milk recording um not carrying over cows to the to the to the next lactation due to infertility milking them on i found that the lower EBI herds have have higher amounts of cows kind of carrying over to the next gener- next to the next year um so they're ex- they've extended lactations at low yields um whereas you could do that with with higher EBI cows fertile cows and and not have to um I suppose have the cost of that methane over the winter and the following year so I think uh, ach- achieving a achieving a, a a place where we've got um Good fertility, good EBI, not having to bring in uh, more extra heifers to replace poor performers and infertility, that kind of thing. That's where we're going to get major gains over the next couple of years um, while we wait on the, the new research to to become implementable and kind of scalable. So, um, but yeah, so for, for, for now, I think the main aim of of my work and all advisors work and, and, and everyone that's involved in genetic gain in Ireland in dairy cows is going to be try get the EBI figure up um, and get the carbon figure up, get the health up, get the fertility up, get the carcass traits of the calves up. And at the end of the day, this should improve profit, but really it's going to improve the environmental efficiencies as well. Have you any walks or seminars coming up in the next couple of weeks, John? 
Yeah, so ne- next week um, the, there's going to be uh, a number of walks all around the country as part of breeding week. Um, Chagas, the Chagas Dairy KT team are um, are going to be out and about talking to farmers on on all this. And, and yeah, it's, that's what's happening over the next while. John, next week, so that's the week of the 20th of March. That's correct? Week of the 20th of March, there's there's going to be 12 or uh, 10 or 12 um, breeding walks all around the country, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Lovely. Perfect. Look, John, you th- this is an exciting time. Uh, you mentioned what we've done in the last 50 years. Can you imagine what in 50 years' time what the animals are going to look like on our farm? They, they might be able to talk by then, you never know, but it's you certainly an exciting place to go. So keep up the good works and thanks a million for joining us on the show. Thanks, John. No problem. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Chagas advisor John McCabe working on the Arevo joint programme for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.